0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This program is made possible thanks to the generosity of our listeners. Show your support at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate.
2: Hi, I'm Mike Schreiber, and welcome to The Shameless Chef, A show that takes us back in time to home kitchens in the 1970s but still has a lot to teach us today it's been off the air for over 40 years and we're now making these audio treasures available the original host michael a davenport shared his fearless attitudes towards food and encouraged home cooks to have fun and take risks in the kitchen i developed this show with michael davenport back in 1977 And I'm excited to keep his legacy alive and share The Shameless Chef with you on Heritage Radio Network. Get inspired by recipes, techniques, and above all, The Shameless Chef's audacious attitude that I hope you'll take with you into your home kitchen. What is a shameless chef?
3: Well, aside from being a soubriquet that has been hung on me, it's an attitude that you adopt when you step into the kitchen. An attitude that implies, to hell with the rules, let's have fun cooking and fun serving. And tell hell with our critics and attitudes. Who says the kitchen was meant
2: to be dull? It needn't be. I met Michael Davenport uh, back in the early 70s when I was a radio salesman, radio advertising salesman, and Michael was a client. And that began a relationship because I'm originally from New York, and so Michael and I knew some places in New York, and we actually knew a couple of people. Uh, and I got to learn more about who Michael was, uh, a very interesting gentleman. Uh, he was a graduate of Cordon Bleu, uh, and this is back in the 60s. And he was also uh, involved in doing radio. He had a beautiful radio voice. Uh, and he was involved in cooking. So this was his idea. Those things kind of blended together naturally. Michael Davenport as I say, is a very unique individual. And he had a rather outrageous attitude towards, uh, towards life itself and it was always very fun and playful. And as we were sitting there one day, he was uh, preparing something and he made some comments. And I said, oh, Michael, that is just shameless. You can't do that. And he immediately turned and looked at me and he said, that's it. And I said, what do you mean, that's it? He said, that's the program, The Shameless Chef. When faced
3: with the kitchen qualms, when turning from cupboard to range to fridge to freezer and saying, what am I going to
2: do this time? The answer is, be outrageous. Essentially, the context that was in Michael's mind when the program originated was, uh, he coined the term, it was a food attitude. And it was more than just recipes. It was an approach to cooking. And as we evolved, the challenge became, what's the concept behind these programs? How are we going to actually execute these? And Michael kind of took the approach of, I wanna do everyday, everyday recipes and interesting little tidbits of ideas on how food is prepared and how the whole presentation of dining can take place. So it was beyond just a recipe, recipe program. It was really an interesting uh, mindset shift from what became mom's cooking into— and at the time, you know, food was not as prevalent, and the recipes and cooking shows were not as prevalent as they are today— There was a a pretty limited amount of opportunities to go into fine dining. There were just a few restaurants. I mean, if you go back into this, there were, I think, maybe Julia Child had a program on back then. Uh, There was one or two other programs on TV, and usually it was late-night TV that had some food programs. But there really is the, the whole culture and evolution of dining and food preparation and recipe concepts didn't exist back then. So it was pretty limited at the time. So this whole idea of let's give people a new way to think about food. Let's give people a different, as he called it, a fooditude, which was not just a mom preparing food and people not paying much attention to it other than just going in there in the kitchen and eating. But what's the preparation behind it? What's the romance behind it? What's the, the ideas of the actual table presentation and the food presentation. So this was really how Michael wanted to see the idea of the Shameless Chef, and that's how it evolved. And so although we didn't realize it at the time that we were breaking new ground, the whole idea of just trying to enhance people's perspective on food and dining and that approach to it, was completely different than what we were used to. It just didn't exist in our in our world at the time. A quarter of a head of uh,
3: iceberg lettuce cut up with a knife, heaven forfend, and some bottle dressing does not a salad make. However, the appearance of this horror is rife in the land. If you like it, it's okay, it's your palate. But I've gone on record saluting crazy salads like uh, white grapes, garlic and sour cream, oranges and onion. Salad made from fresh spinach and fresh strawberries. Have you ever tried making your own sourdough bread? It's not difficult at all. No more than making any other kind of bread. And oh, the rewards. What's the first thing you see when you sit down to dine or luncheon or just have a light snack? Something resembling a roadside greasy spoon (laughs) On the other hand, the salivary glands get very busy when you sit
2: down to a suitably, imaginatively, even just neatly set table. The strange thing about it is, as I went back and started looking at the programs and listening to them again, I started questioning myself and saying, well, okay, does this even make sense to try to bring this back? Because there is so much, as I say, explosion of food content that's out there in the world now does it make sense to bring back a 40-year-old program? And the true irony is the 99% of the information that was put into The Shameless Chef is still relevant today. Food is food is food. And how people look at it and in the interesting way that Michael Davenport, who was a fascinating individual, and somebody had a truly avant-garde way of thinking about things, life in general, as well as food, but The programs are very relevant today. Without a doubt, the most interesting program and the one that has created more curiosity than anything else is still relevant today in that it was Dishwasher Fish. Uh, Michael had this idea. We were sitting at his uh, table one day, and he said, I've got an idea for a program, and he started explaining, he said, I want to put fish in the dishwasher, and to which I was rather dumbfounded, and I said, I, okay, that's bizarre. I can't even imagine that making sense. And he said, no, let me, let me uh, explain to you how it works.
3: I may be the shameless chef, but I'm not crazy, not completely. You can cook in your dishwasher. For the time it takes for the cycle to run, your dishwasher is a little combination steamer, boiler, and oven. Ever thought about it? Let me prove it to you. Stop at your fish market and get some fillets of fresh fish. Perch, salmon, a snapper, pompano. I don't suggest sole. It's a little too fragile. Spread out the fillets on heavy-duty freezing or baking foil. Salt and pepper them. Fresh cracked pepper, please. For each piece of fish, add butter the size of a walnut, a couple of thin slices of lemon and onion, about a tablespoon of lemon juice. You might add some capers or black olive slices. Seal this all up airtight as though you were going to freeze it and put it in the
2: top rack of your dishwasher and turn it on. And then just run the dishwasher cycle. You can put plates in there. The interesting thing is the plates come out warm uh, for presentation when it's over. And when I tried it, I was just amazed. I was shocked. And, of course, I had to show all my friends and and uh, tell people how it was done. And everybody was equally amazed and it became a more of a novelty, but the irony is it's really good and it's a great way to prepare the fish. Uh, That's by far the most uh, talked about program that we ever did. So the origin of the program itself, there was two and a half minutes of the program itself and then we would embed a 30 second commercial inside there. And so uh, we came up with that concept And we started producing the program, and we started recruiting a variety of different sponsors. And we had a sponsorship relationship uh, going, and then for a number of reasons, that ended. And so uh, we basically stuck it in the can, and I sat around for years with these uh, tapes in my closet. And I eventually had them uh, shifted to digital recordings, and they have literally been sitting in my closet for almost 40 years. And only, a, I guess, about six months ago, I had this idea in t- talking with one of my grandchildren about podcasts. And the idea of one of my grandkids said, well, Grandpa, why don't you turn that uh, Shameless Chef program into a podcast? And that began the whole evolution of relationship with, uh, with HRN. In the kitchen, and I guess
3: anywhere else come to think of it, if I'm bored, it's my own fault. Although I wouldn't deign to suggest cooking as therapy, sometimes you can start being outrageous in the kitchen and the attitude can spill over into the rest of your life. After all, a meal without surprises is like a day without an argument. I think that's an old French proverb, isn't it? I'm Michael A. Davenport here, the shameless chef. Obviously.
2: We'll be right back after a short break.
1: All of us at HRN have been keeping busy despite working and recording from home. This fall, we're proud to announce new shows on the network that each bring important and enlightening stories to listeners around the world. While the world is in turmoil and the future of our country is uncertain, there are certain constants that help keep us going. For us, food and storytelling are essential. While we can't come together in person, food podcasts from HRN can provide a virtual table we can all gather around Bringing exceptional stories to your ears and keeping you informed on the ever-changing political and environmental issues of our time is integral to our mission. At a time when the world around us is rapidly changing, HRN is committed to being here for our listening community, and we need you to be here for us. Join our table and help ensure the future of food radio by becoming a member of HRN. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate to make a contribution. Check out the latest additions to our lineup while you're there. You can see all of our series at heritageradionetwork.org slash new shows.
2: Please subscribe to The Shameless Chef wherever you get your podcasts. The voice you heard throughout this episode was Michael Davenport, The host of The Shameless Chef, who unfortunately passed in 1985, but lived a truly vibrant life. The Shameless Chef is produced by Dylan Hoyer and me, Mike Schreiber, with podcast development and additional production by Kat Johnson. Our audio engineer is Matt Patterson. The original theme song for The Shameless Chef was composed by Chip Davis. Armin Spengen composed the theme music for this podcast. The Shameless Chef is powered by Simplecast. The Shameless Chef is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us at heritage underscore radio.